Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are looking at Adam McKay's Don't Look Up, the new Netflix movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence and a slew of others that everybody has been talking about. And even though it's a 2021 release, we didn't want to leave this one behind before moving on to some 2022 movies. And joining me to talk about it is my buddy Q, the host of my other podcast, Bird Road, and someone who I talk about uh, climate change and uh, COVID and government and just how awful everything is all the time. So I thought he'd be the perfect person to talk to about this movie. So that conversation is coming up here in a second. And before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. We have a lot of episodes on the way. Uh, We still have a bunch of these looking back at 2021 wrap-up episodes, top 10 list type things coming. So uh, those are coming up in the next couple of weeks. Then We will, of course, get to a bunch of new movies, and so make sure you're subscribed. That way you'll get all the new episodes as they come out. If you like what we do here on the show, make sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're also over on Podchaser or Good Pods, and we really appreciate those five-star ratings. We've been getting a lot of really awesome feedback lately, and uh, I just want to thank all those people who take the time out to do that. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Also, you can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, and check out our Produced by David Rosen Patreon, which combines content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, which is another movie podcast that I produce, and my music career. So lots of great stuff over there. It's patreon.com slash Rosen. So check that out. Make sure you're subscribed, follow, share, like, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. And let's get into this conversation about Don't Look Up. So Q's here. He's making silly faces at me. How you doing, Q? Bad. (laughs) Yeah, you are doing bad. But you're doing a little better now, right? I'm doing better, yeah. I got sick with the COVID, with the the, the, the Ormicorns, the Ormicorns. Yeah. I'm really happy that you're stuff. you're 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 doing okay though. Uh, you you seem to have weathered the storm. You you, you were really mad when you were like messaging me. I could tell, like just like God damn it. Yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying to yeah. be sick 
and to be sick in this completely preventable and stupid way. Yeah. That I guess is not going to be preventable anymore that everybody's just going to have to get sick with. I guess we're all yeah. going to be sick like this. Forever, well, that's what we're saying over here. I mean, at this point, I mean, what what's left to do other die. than just get sick and die? die. <laughs> like, just die. Left. Shut up and die. <laughs> but I part haven't of even been is... able to go see. I've been stuck watching fucking trash movies because i can't even go see like a decent movie in a movie theater i can't even hey, go i recommended see a good one to you though right that was a good movie last you night. were happy with that yeah, yeah i was happy with that. cop shop cop shop yeah. but no but part of this is why i wanted to do this episode i was gonna just let this movie slide we're talking about don't look up today and yeah I, yeah and I, I you can't i mean it's too much of a first of all it's a discourse movie it's a movie yes that, like I, I, by the way kudos on coming in sliding in like a solid month too late to be yeah. part of the discord congrats uh, discourse congratulations on your um great editorial judgment and assignment editing skills um number two Th like, this is kind of a new year's resolution for me is to not be so tied to it and to just provide people some some nice deep dives into these movies after they've gotten a chance to watch them and not try to be number one because there's already a thousand number ones you know yeah or even number 10 or like <laughs> even anywhere approaching the 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 window of relevancy like why i, mean, I could i i could have i could have put this out last week if you hadn't gotten sick you know yeah <laughs> i guess <laughs> But no, I, I want. I didn't want this to slide because I knew it'd be a good one for us to cover. And look, we were talking about a, making this a bird road, like like this is crossover a DG movie. I mean, yeah. we're going to get into it a little bit more, but I don't see how you can have a podcast that that portends to cover every like you know substantive new release and not have Adam McKay, you know Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and like this this big. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, this big cast of, of of you know A or A minus listers that participated in this movie. Meryl I mean, it is it's about as A list as you can get with like the main cast here. I mean, it's it's insane the cast that he's brought together, but it's also not insane because his last few movies are just so freaking hyped. Every single one of them is just the most talked about thing when it comes out. And even though his movies are very divisive about whether or not they're actually good for the thing that he does in this new phase of his career, um, it, it, they certainly are talked about. They get all kinds of Oscar nominations. They're on all the year-end lists, whether it's worst movies of the year or best movies of the year. It's like just really, it's just people talking about them. And so, yeah, you're right. It is an important thing to talk about. Yeah, so I don't know, like what... what um. Uh, let, let me not step all over your 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 intro. Like, uh, what what are we talking about, Dave? What movie are we talking about? We're talking about Don't Look Up. That's what the movie is called from Adam McKay, which is basically a straight up uh, climate change. Not even metaphor. I mean, it's right there in in the the text. Even though they're talking about a giant asteroid or meteor that's about to hit Earth and it's a comet. Yeah, Comet. Okay, Mr. Smarty Pants. Can you describe the difference right now for me between an asteroid, a meteor, and a comet? Can you no, do that? No, my yeah. understanding is that they are in uh, gradations of size and speed, mm. um, but I don't know what those gradations are. Yeah. Well, this one's supposed to be really big, and it will be an extinction-level event. I know that much. And uh, yeah, it, it will wipe out all of the planet, but of course, uh, the government 
can't do shit about it because the government is very stupid, something we talk about on Bird Road a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, you know, falls into that whole political satire, uh, you know, genre, like kind of the subgenre of satires in general. But yeah. there's, there's things in this movie that I think work really well. There's things that don't. And I feel like that's the way I've felt about all of Adam McKay's stuff since he left just broad comedy behind and started doing what he's doing now. I think we both kind of felt a little differently about this, but mostly the same. I don't know. Where, where yeah, you... I mean, yeah. If you want to jump into it now, like, uh, yeah, broadly, I I didn't enjoy this movie, and I didn't mm. think it was. It's it's definitely Adam McKay's like lesser work, and this is the trick or the trap of this movie, where like, uh, are we judging a movie or a message? Because mm-hmm. I'm fully on board with the message. Right. Although I don't think that the, that the message was conveyed very well. We, we, we talk with climate activists all the time on Bird Road. Um, you know, we do, you know, we're, we're like, we're not like climate denialists. And we're also not people that like, you know, Adam McKay and his writing partner, um, David Sirota, who, by the way, is like a great journalist who, um, in my house, we subscribe to his newsletter, The Daily Poster, which is a great newsletter. Um, and, uh, he's done great work, uh, on Bernie Sanders campaigns in, in past, in the past and, um, is kind of a divisive figure on Twitter. He gets a lot of hate, but not like he shouldn't, but he was a, a collaborator he's somebody who kind of brings that same sort of cynical tinged, like bitterness of, uh, and, and distrust, mistrust of, mm-hmm. of institutions to this movie. And, and you see that play out in all the you know dysfunction that we see all of these institutions um that you know whether it be the media whether it be you know pop culture entertainment the government white house you know uh, other you know our, our our foreign relations with with other governments and stuff all of these corrupted um and 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 feckless institutions that that fail us in the end um like david sirota's done lots of great work over his career reporting on them in, in a real way, not just writing. So it was great to see his name involved in this. And I, I wish I liked the movie more, but it like back to my point, is this a movie or is this a message? If it's a message, I support it. I'm not really sure who it's aimed at because it's, it's, it, it seems like it's mostly just grievance. It seems like it's mostly just sure. These two guys who are pissed off about how shitty our institutions function in this, not just this country, but in this world, how shitty society is and how shitty we are and um like okay you know i guess it's it, that hopefully it was cathartic for them because i don't if the goal was to enact any kind of change which is what they in the weeks after they released this movie which is what what the narrative was was like right you yeah. know this is an important message that everyone needs to watch and I, in my mind i'm just like who's watching this and changing anything who's watching this and being like damn i guess i know now right. about that like if you were already uh, in the choir and you're just getting preached at i don't know if it helps um it lampoons a lot of like sort of uh of these of these again feckless and 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 like weak-chinned liberal efforts to you know come together heal the world shit like that yeah. but in the end it just ends up being another one of those just a little bit more right. acerbic like there's a scene in this movie, Dave, and I guess we'll get into the scenes or you know, like kind of deconstructing the movie a little bit. But there's a scene where they're juxtaposing these two different rallies, right? There's the right wing denialist. This is you know, don't look up, 
uh, political rally led by Meryl Streep's um, stand-in for like a Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton amalgamation character. Right. And, and then the other one is being led by, I guess, was that Ariana Grande, right? And her right. her like concert to tell people to look up. Yeah. And it's supposed to, I, I mean, I, I get the metaphor. I'm not stupid. I understand. <laughs> right. I get I get what they're saying, right? Like I, I I know what they're trying to say, but it feels like this movie just becomes another it becomes that Ariana Grande concert. Right. This it, is the Ariana Grande it is concert. That. It is that. It's just yeah. like a spectacle with a yeah. message built into it. And I was I was gonna be a little bit nicer about this because I mean, look, if you're a movie guy like us, you have lots of respect and admiration for adam mckay like his whole career he's he's sure. made some stuff that we will never forget and that we some love. of the funniest movies ever some of the funniest movies ever uh and if you're me uh or somebody like me and and you've been reading david sirota for a long time then you have huge respect for him too like so i mean like it, it brings me no joy to say that i didn't like this movie but mm-hmm. again is it a movie or is it a message if it's a message i'm on board and frankly i'm not sure what else to what else to do? You know, like it, it makes the, the, they make a very clear point that, and any any climate activist will tell you that this isn't about individual changes. This isn't about like, oh, watch a movie and then make sure you shut off your water or turn off your lights before you leave a room. It like that that has nothing to do with it. It's yeah. it's 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 howling at the moon. There's really not a lot to be done about it. If we're judging it as a movie, which is what I'd like to do over the next like hour of this podcast with you. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good movie, exactly. and it's and more than that, it's it's a movie that had an embarrassment of riches in right. terms of the casting, in terms of resources, production. Um, you know how the Netflix famously with the blank checks, like sure. it, it yeah. had everything going for it, and it wasn't a very good movie. So, and I, and I would yeah. say to that point, also the the cast is great in it. I, I think is, e- even even though the the message is is kind of a moot point, like. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio is great. Jennifer Lawrence is great. Meryl Streep is I want to get into the damn cast good. I want to get into the cast a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah but, well, but, I know, but, I know but, there's like, one member of the cast you really hate, but we'll, we'll but, get to that. But but I, I, I'll, I'll say this. Like, if it's activism, that's great. I don't know what, what material changes it hopes to. If it's Because, it, it, like, if you try to, like, sit down Adam McKay or David Sirota and be like, okay, so this is a movie that is a stand-in for activism. What is the action? Like, what's happening? like what what comes next there is a website out there for this movie and it it it, you go to it and it like funnels you into this basically like um uh like 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 a complete bullshit i forget if it's like a pledge or if it's just sort of like a like things that you can do to help save the planet It, it 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 pushes you into that like that individualistic again bullshit paradigm that like oh shutting off you know flush once when you could flush twice or, you know yeah. it, it, it funnels you <laughs> into this individualized individual choice matrix instead of that was a huge opportunity for them to send people into um you know different programs or different um you know whether it be you know here in miami we have the clio institute that you can be a part of or the sunrise movement or any of these various uh climate um organizations or how to make your your vote count how to be a climate voter like there's all these different things that you know you and i have talked ad nauseum about sort of the 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 ineffectiveness of electoralism and fixing this stuff but still it's better than fucking nothing because if what you're telling me is judge this as a work of 
activism judge this as a work of uh you know of a larger metaphorical meaning about like you know society and shit like that then then okay then deliver on that because otherwise yeah. i'm just going to judge it as a movie and as a movie it's not that good right yeah well we're going to get into more of the points about the uh the, the story the plot the you know everything that it's trying to do uh, along the way, and some of those performances we mentioned. Uh, but we'll we'll get to them as we're going through things. Let's start getting into some puzzle pieces. What do you have for your first one? Okay, so off the top, and we talked about some of the character work that we wanted to get into. Uh, my number one puzzle piece is 2013's Wolf of Wall Street, uh, mm-hmm. directed by Martin Scorsese, um, a, a favorite of a lot of people, a lot of specific type of people really love this movie uh, i'm not one of them i think it's fine i think it's a good movie but it's not like it's not in like his top 10 i don't think i don't think it's like scorsese's top 10 uh and i i, I bring this movie up because this is another movie that had a, a solid if slightly overacted leonardo Di- dicaprio performance that was completely undercut by jonah hill who is quickly becoming cancer on in move in, in in film like it, if if you see this guy on on the screen it's just it's like it's like it's you immediately lose your movie boner like it is the the worst he he would like that phrase by the way he uh, has yeah. to be stopped he is like movie birth control no one likes this method no one thinks it's funny none of this like the shtick that he's doing is funny it's cloying it's annoying. I get it. You're supposed to hate the character. I don't hate the character. I hate Jonah Hill. I mm. hate him. He's dog shit. And mm. it like this smarmy, like, I, I don't know, 2009, you know, uh, uh, I, I don't, it, it's like, it's like somebody, it's like a bunch of jokes out of Tropic Thunder, which Tropic Thunder was great, but it's like from 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not funny. It's, it takes me out. I tried, Dave, I tried to rewatch this movie for the purpose of this podcast yeah and i had to shut it off every time jonah jonah hill came on it took me like three days to get through to get through the movie and i just like scrubbed ahead every time i saw jonah hill it's impossible to watch him we already have josh gad why do we need jonah hill (laughs) that that's like the meanest thing anyone's ever said (laughs) take him take that fucking like that fucking sister of his that clearly is only fucking like famous because of she's his sister fucking rock them into the into space dog shit not a fan of the hill family over here no no (laughs) i mean like and i used to be i used to like jonah hill i used to Uh, i I really did i love jonah hill and a a bunch of stuff that he was in i'm not going to sit here and sing his praises after this fucking shit movie that he that he that he almost single-handedly made unwatchable there are long stretches of this movie dave that are unwatchable in the way that like uh, like I, I don't know what are the most unsettling movies that they taught that they, like those old 1970s horror movies where they're like oh you can't even finish watching this movie because it's right. like nails on a chalkboard it's like that it's yeah. like it's a true test he's he's, he's like watching him it's like like watching an infant's neck being wrung it's horrible <laughs> I, I don't want to see any more movies with Jonah Hill. He's dog shit. Oh boy. Well, fucking point, worst. And you know what the can, worst part of it is, Dave? You can tell that? that he takes himself so fucking seriously. He thinks that what he's doing is so fucking subversive and next level. And it's infuriating to know that while you're watching 
such a bad performance. How how are we going to get you to watch the Jerry Garcia movie that uh, Scorsese's doing with him? Is he playing Jerry Garcia? Yeah. Ugh, I won't watch it. I'll just not watch it. <laughs> you're just you're out already. Yeah. I okay. I didn't hate him as much as you did in this, but I I do agree though that the character he's playing in this that he has done before that he did in Wolf of Wall Street it is a weird archetype that is so like played out from the early 2000s that I don't right. understand why it's being brought on now like why why are we still doing this character exactly it's it, it's it's a weird choice absolutely it's and lazy it's lazy it's, it's lazy. like it's just yeah. dusting off something 10 years old and like that's frozen in amber and wasn't even really that good to begin mm. with like it wasn't really that interesting i i think that like the look the a lot of people love wolf of all street i know that but they're bad people and <laughs> and and we need to recognize that like jonah hill who actually is a talented actor i can't i can't take that away from him like mm. i can say how i can talk all day about how terrible he did in this movie but he's a talented actor but that he's listening or that he Im- imbibed that feedback that he got that positive feedback it's like with look i'm a father i know all about giving kids attention for the wrong reasons when kids want attention for the wrong reasons he got attention for the wrong reasons and we'll you're saying jonah hill is a six-year-old he's a six-year-old <laughs> idiot what's well, your first piece Dave? i'll go on to my first piece uh and i my my notes list is an absolute mess i'm gonna just jump all around in my pieces here uh from various well, different... real, real quick let me just say about my about my wolf of wall street piece uh-huh i went through trying to find a movie where like meryl streep was just straight up bad because she's straight up bad in this movie <laughs> and um i just i like the, the the most I could think of was that like insufferable Steven Soderbergh movie from a few years ago. I figured and, that would be the one you'd go with. Yeah. And I just I was like, ah, she wasn't really that big of a part of that movie. I I, I felt like like, and I didn't want to pin it on that. I, I and and Jonah Hill was so egregiously bad in this movie that I didn't want to like shit on Meryl Streep. Even if you think she's bad in this, like she's not the problem. You no, know, she right. she's playing a character that is it's kind of impossible to pull off in any <clears throat> kind of a good way because it's such an obvious bit. <laughs> and to her credit, she actually does have a few moments with that incredibly like a big failing in this movie is um is McKay's inability to show any nuance in a lot of these characters in these sure. characters. Every character is so broad. Every character is so but uh she's Meryl Streep. So she does find these little small moments of like of empathy where yeah. you where she like she'll throw in a look or she'll just like deliver a line in a specific way. And you remember like, Oh, they're fucking lucky. They got literally the greatest actress in the world Mm -hmm. doing this part. Because otherwise if it was like, like I told you, you and I were texting, that's a part that was made for, and this is somebody who I love more than anything in the world. But like, like, let's be honest, that part was probably made for like Amy Sedaris, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like just like a comedic actress or a Jane Lynch type, like somebody who's just a hard charging punchline machine. Yeah. And they're lucky. They got they got Meryl Streep, who's the greatest living actor, like one of the greatest living actors that there is. And so she was able to imbue it with a little bit more, I don't know, a little, a little bit more. And yeah. and so that was her saving grace that kept me from shitting on her during this first puzzle piece. Jonah Hill gets no such consideration. 
Just a quick tangent real quick. It's funny you brought up Jane Lynch. I was just thinking like two days ago, remember when Jane Lynch was in everything like in the early yeah. 2000s and she was awesome. And she now I think all everything. she really does is like voice work and like cartoon movies. I don't, I don't yeah, know I what don't she's know, I don't know what to. happened with her. I, yeah. I mean, I know that we have a party down, um, I think a movie they're doing a the party down so. movie and yeah. she's confirmed to be in it. So the so only person cool. they didn't get for the party down movie is, um, uh, Lizzie Kaplan, Lizzie Kaplan. Right. 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 Well, I look forward to it, though, but uh, whatever it ends up being. But I'll go on to my first piece. And like I said, it's going to be a little all over the place here. But uh, the first one I wanted to bring up is 2016 Shin Godzilla, which is a Godzilla movie, a, a more recent one before the whole MonsterVerse thing that they've been doing the last like four or five movies. This one's out of Japan. And uh, it, it basically uses Godzilla... Instead of being about the monster attack itself, it's more about just how incompetent government is in trying to deal with anything like this and becomes a big satire of the Japanese government. And here in Don't Look Up, it's this comet coming to destroy the planet instead of Godzilla. And it's all of the world's government, although especially the American government. But it's, it's basically just humanity in general can't get out of its own way to do anything about it and is just constantly making the worst possible choices. And so both of these movies use this giant disaster style setup for satire. And so that's why I wanted to start off with this one. And this is a Japanese movie? It is, yeah. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. I've never, I never saw it. it it's good. It, it's it's a unique and take. And this predates on the Brian Cranston Godzilla. This is prior to that. This is uh, pre-Brian Cranston, or maybe right around the exact same time, because this is a separate production. So I want to so say that post, might actually be right around the exact same year. Post-Matthew Broderick, pre-Definitely. Yeah, it's late, <laughs> later into the 2000s. No, no Matthew Broderick. He's in the far rear view in this. <laughs> so that's interesting. And I'll tell you, I, don't have a, I, don't, I didn't use this as a puzzle piece, but maybe it can be an honorary puzzle piece, just kind mm -hmm. of piggybacking off of, off of what you're saying. One of the best pieces of literature that I've ever read about this was, and I feel so bad because they, I, you might know, you tell me if you interrupt me, if you know where I'm going with this incredible book, another situation where they fucking botched the execution of the movie mm -hmm. and they had such a rich text to draw from and they fucked it up. And this text also was about, if you read the book, which I did, and I really loved, this is about government's inability, uh, and, and sort of the learning curve or like the, um, the 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 weak points the stress points that we as a society have for new challenges when they come right and that is the book uh world war z okay, now the movie yeah. was just became like a very garden variety Awful. forgettable action it's a pepsi yeah. commercial basically a pepsi commercial yeah yeah the book by max brooks was this great um it was it was presented as after I don't know. Did you ever read that book or no? I didn't, but I know a little bit about the differences between the book and the movie and how great it's supposed to be. Yeah. So the book is incredible. The book is really good. It's presented as an oral history being collected after society has rebuilt. Mm -hmm. And it's it's presented from this 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 um it, this lens where uh the author is this anthropologist or an epidemiologist i forget what, exactly what it is he's 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 sort of a, a an archivist or a, you know a records keeper for you know for the government and he's his job is to try to figure out like how did it go so wrong what fucked up he's kind of doing this investigative work and he's capturing these first person narrative accounts of mm -hmm. these key um hinge points during the zombie invasion or the zombie takeover right and it's fascinating because it goes into the procedural minutia 
of what would happen. And I think that there's something there. I don't know. Maybe we should make this one like kind of like a little bit of an unofficial um, puzzle piece because yeah, sure. It, it's 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 a it's a it's a book, and the movie was a, a a terrible execution of the book. Obviously, that's been said ad nauseum since the movie first came out. But that book, that book achieves what I think McKay and Sirota probably should have wanted to achieve out of this. Because when I finished that book, I think I was maybe 30, 35 or something like that when I read that book. So like, mm-hmm. like five, five, 10 years ago. And, um, and I, it made me think I, I finished that, that book and I really thought to myself and I, 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 I grappled with it for a while, yeah. which I think is what these, the, these guys really wanted this movie to do sure. to make you grapple with it and to sit with you and make you sit with it. And I did sit with this dumb zombie movie or this dumb zombie book uh, because of the stark reality and the way that it was moored in, um, in, in, in real space and in like, you know, true reactions and like, Oh, this is how it would happen. Oh man. It's comically ridiculous that, that, that this uh, bureaucracy or this like dysfunctional institution um, not only allowed this to happen, but actually helped it happen. And, um, and, so yeah, I, I, it's funny that you bring that up because I feel like the way that you just described that Godzilla movie to me, it sounds a lot like what um, if they had executed World War Z well, yeah, like that's that's probably what it would have looked like. That's something that was a, that followed a, a a narrative thread like that. Yeah, as bad as World War Z the movie was, um, I I think, and this is like really such an obvious thing to say, but I think after everything we've been through these last couple of years with COVID, it would probably be the perfect time to try again and maybe do a better version that kind of... Do something different. Don't, it doesn't have to be, you know what? I think that, that, that it was a victim of the moment that it came out because there was that big budget, like, uh, zombie horde, you know, everybody wanted to see that stuff like zombies. And I think now the world might be a little bit kind of done with the zombie shit. Like wants to see that anymore. I don't know. Um, I don't know, Dave. You want to hear my next one? Let's do it. What do you got? Okay, number two for me is a uh, movie that that I watched for the that completely skipped by my radar that I never knew about that a lot of people didn't know about. Um, Mike Judge's Idiocracy, and <laughs> uh, I didn't know about this movie until uh, you and I, uh, on, I think in like 2007, I came and visited you. It was it was like right after it came out, and you um, showed it to me. It, of course, obviously, everybody knows idiocracy now it's sure become yeah <laughs> the setup and the punchline for a million different jokes for entire presidential campaigns for entire decades in american history it is uh you know obviously a bit played out at this point played out but still so perfect but still so perfect and yeah uh, look idiocracy is what the the, the angle that they should have taken like mm. they should have just made it if, if you're gonna just make it a broad hit you over the head mallet of a comedy, then just do that. Then yeah. just make it be fucking funny. Yeah. And, and, and like it, it, cause instead what it came across as is like, like there's, there's two ways that you can do crass. There's two ways that you can do guileless. It's like play it for laughs or try to try to make it so acidic and so acerbic that it, burns you and it's like yeah you didn't think of that did you though yeah right yeah and it's just like and that's that's what don't look up was i love idiocracy like there's like entire scenes where like like thousands of people die 
And you're just like, oh my God, and you're laughing. It's horrible, yeah. but you're like, a, like a plane falls out of the sky and you're just like laughing. And, um, there was no moralizing. There was no preaching. Um, it didn't wallow in its premise. Yeah. Right. Which I would say is probably the biggest crime that this movie did. Is it just like laid out its premise and then just pulled its balls out and soaked <laughs> in the premise you like for that, two and a half you? hours. You like and it was it. just like, imagine what it would be like. <laughs> this is what it would be like. Whereas Idiocracy was just like, okay, in the future, everyone's stupid. Now let's have some fun. Right, Here's all the right. things that happen. Here's all yeah. the fun stuff that happens. And they just had fun with it. Um, it was just a straightforward, like, if they would have allowed themselves to be untethered from the seriousness of, of, of the premise of the movie and just done an, a straightforward exploration of a world at its end that, mm. that, that can't save itself and just the comedy and the tragedy and everything that, that comes out of that. I think that they would have, you know, that it would have been a more interesting movie. Yeah. And again, if it was like, I'm sold, man. I know that the world is ending. I know that, the, that, that we're fucked, that, that climate change is going to impact all of us. And it's, it, we've, we're already past the Rubicon. There isn't any way to fix it. There's only right. ways to kind of maybe make sure that it's not as bad as it will end up being. And it's still probably just going to end up being that bad. I get it, man. I am in the choir. But like the moralizing and the preaching, it's just like, come on, man. I don't know. Again, it goes back to the thing we talked about at the beginning. Is this a movie or is this a piece of activism? Yeah. Because I have critiques either way. Yeah. And if we're just talking about it being a movie, which is what we're doing, I'll watch Idiocracy 10 times before I would ever watch fucking Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, this movie again. And I'm glad you brought Idiocracy up. I didn't have it on my list, even though it's like a perfect puzzle piece for this. Um, but I'm also glad you brought it back to that question about whether it, it's it's a, a movie or a piece of activism. I'm wondering, and this is maybe a little bit of a tangent before we move on to the next piece, um, but do you think we're just too cynical to enjoy this movie? Because some people really did like it. And yeah. and it may and good be good for them. You know, yeah, good, good for them. For them. I, I think I see the same thing in memes surrounding this movie as I do in memes about idiocracy, and that is this movie is a documentary. And yeah. it's like, oh, clever like you know clever clever thought right there Whoa. you know but but are we just assholes for for you know yeah <laughs> for for those listening at home you know, just his brain just exploded <laughs> all in all when you really think about it dave uh-huh you and i we're yeah. just another brick in the wall we sure are it's not isn't that the truth it's just yeah it's 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 dime store pop philosophy type shit and mm -hmm. it's like if that hits you the right way, look, we were all we were all nineteen at some point, sure. so you know, uh, whatever. I'm not gonna. I don't even want to. I don't even want to look down my nose and, and and act like all holier than thou or something. I mean, I was a fucking moron, literally until like five years ago. I was a fucking moron. So, mm. and I probably will still think that I right now am a moron five years from now. Oh, I'm sure. So like, like uh, uh, whatever. Like I don't want to. It just, it makes me tired all over to like think about the various meta incarnations of the type of person that I hate mm -hmm. that likes this kind of thing and like how much I hate myself mm -hmm. for hating them uh -huh. and like, and how like over it I am and how being over it makes me the kind of person that I hate. There's too many layers. It's, I don't know if it's cynical, Dave. It's just, it's incoherent. Like to, to try to like, to try to care or not 
care about this stuff. It feels incoherent. It feels like you're, you, it's, it's, it's maddening. It may, it's crazy making. Yeah. Like you can't, you, you, I don't know what to tell you. Sure. So it's going to break you. But if the, we get to the end of it, if there's a vote <laughs> on destroy the planet or save it, I'll vote for save it. How about that? I don't know what else to tell you. Like that, that's that's all right. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to combine a few for my next piece here. Uh, they, they all kind of go together, I think, pretty well. Uh, and that's Darren Aronofsky's mother, uh, Paul Schrader's first reformed and Jeff Nichols take shelter. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. Three movies that are just like total, just primal screams about just how bad things are, how much worse they're going to get. And just how little we can do if if nothing else and we've talked about how adam mckay that that does seem to be the idea here you know just kind of yelling into the ether without any kind of a solution and i think these three did it so much better with their movies you know and at least making that interesting even though it doesn't have any form of an answer whatsoever um obviously you know how much i love you know mother of course and uh you know these movies they're able to kind of wallow in that while at the same time providing something interesting and something unique and something that uses their particular genres in in different ways uh whereas in don't look up it's not quite as successful as that but i do think they come from the same place those are three great movies i mean like those are three movies that are each significantly better than this movie again if we're judging movies as movies even if we're judging, and you know what? Even if we're judging them as 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 like uh, as allegories, then like those are better allegories. Sure, like those are just yeah. <laughs> simply better works of art, and they're better, more provocative, and more interesting than yeah. what was presented in the two and a half hours of of Don't Look Up. I mean, uh, I, I again, First Reformed is a movie that we talked a, a little bit ago about, like um, things that sit with you, and that mm. sat with me. Right. Oh, yeah. I felt like I felt like it was impossible. I'm trying to get to the root of like why Adam McKay tried so heavy handedly to create something that would stick with you and hit you mm-hmm. like all these quick cuts of polar bear cubs and babies being showered and like, you know, insects and all this all this like tr- this artless attempt this 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 just like like trying to do surgery with a with a broadsword yeah it was like it was so heavy-handed and i i think about you know first reformed and how like how light the touch was yeah right and how how then you know this this is something that don't get me wrong like i'm not one of these like like the new yorker tore apart this movie right Mm -hmm. because the new yorker there's no crime for the people of the somebody wrote this on twitter and i agree with it there's no crime for the liberals at, at a place like the New Yorker that's that's more egregious than not being subtle, right? <laughs> and I don't agree with that. Sometimes you do need a blood-curdling, full-volume shriek. Sure. It just didn't work this time. Right. It just did. This, this blood-curdling, full-volume shriek didn't hit. It, yeah. It was just, everything was a little off. Dave, did you even say, like, I, I mean, this is like a great time to maybe get into the editing of this movie and some of the choices that McKay made as a filmmaker. Right. It was a very badly edited movie. And like, there was a scene that has been pulled out on social media and shared where like very lazily, uh, th- th- there's a scene with Timothy Chalamet and Jennifer Lawrence in the parking lot when they're sort of first meeting and making out. 
and where the, the it zooms out and you, the whole camera crew is just right there on yeah. camera. Did and he's tried that? to play that off as being purposeful. And then I, I, I do not buy it for a second. I don't buy that either. Purposeful for what? Like, yeah. it was not even noticeable. It was like, okay, sure, man. Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, like even arguing with, with, with a filmmaker about something like that, it's like, feels, it feels futile. It feels pointless because like, like fucking so what it was just, a, it was, it was slapdash. Yeah. It was like, not, it was, it, it, it feels like a lot of the transitions in time feel unearned mm. like all of a sudden it's a month or a week later and we're not certain why we jumped ahead and why there wasn't resolution to the previous um narrative thread yeah and and then it'll just go away too like a lot of narrative threads that that they kind of pick and open up just kind of don't get resolved nothing happens with them yeah and then i guess like again if you just want to be somebody who's completely immune to criticism which it seems like, honestly, in the in the wake of this coming out, it seems like McKay has taken that position. Absolutely. Of like, he, he'll just explain it to be explain it away and be like, "Well, that's the way things are sometimes." It's mm. like, okay. Well, yeah. I guess. I, I guess then that's what it is. I guess then there's nothing that you can say about anything. <laughs> like, I, 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 nothing can be said. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to go too far down this this like rabbit hole here, but I, I do think that it speaks a little bit to something we've talked about in private, uh, about how a lot of these streaming movies, they tend to feel like they needed one more pass, basically, at the yeah. script level, and then as well as on the edit level. And that's right. part of the reason why these movies are always so long lately, and it's part of the reason why they just, they don't really stick with you. People don't like to hear this, but there's a reason, and I know that they're like the villains of every you know, Hollywood archetype, the studio is always the villain. But you know what? Studio notes exist for a reason. Yeah. They do exist. And yeah, like, yeah maybe they, they suck the life out of things a lot of times, but they also probably save things a lot of times. This movie could have used a few notes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what do you got for your next piece? My next piece is my last piece, Dave. Um, right. And, uh, and <clears throat> I broke the format, as I always do. Mm. Uh, but you did too, so fuck you. Yeah. Don't judge me. Um, I'm going with the TV show, Dave. Mm. 2010 through 2017's uh, a, l- a little TV show you may have heard of called uh, Game of Thrones. Mm. Okay. Uh, the HBO series that was adapted from uh, James R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series by um, uh, veteran showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. I'm not going to try to draw any kind of parallels to any of the story at all or any anything that happens, actually, in, in Game of Thrones. Um, this might seem like it's kind of a weird fit. Uh, I'm going to explain why this specific like piece of of cultural IP comes the closest to what my my core gripe is with Don't Look Up. And that is contempt for its audience. Mm. The people, if you go back to Adam McKay's pivot, like I don't know when was that? 2011, whenever, 2013. Yeah. When he started making this more like semi-serious fair, even though it's not serious, it's kind of funny, you know, the big short, whatever. Uh, he has this directorial signature where he drops in these like little digressions, uh, these little like reveries where he's like, he's telling the viewer, most people are just too stupid to know this. Not sure. you, because you're watching my movie, so you're not too stupid. <laughs> but most of the world is so fucking stupid. And Game of Thrones very similarly had this 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 it became this cultural phenomenon the pressure mounted these guys were like you know being brought out on the road to comic cons and shit like that and they were like uh 
uh, uh, Martin was getting all this pressure for this book that he still never delivered and probably will never end up writing. Um, they felt all this pressure it became so obvious by the end of that show that had been at one point the most popular show on television and for a long time was the most popular show on television. Those they grew to hate their fans. Mm. They truly hated their fans. Um, and the expectations can be tough. And I, I guess I can kind of like excuse that and whatever it was dragons and tits and all that stuff. And it was fun. Whatever. Who cares? McKay's last few movies are showing. I think a real weakness, a chink in his armor, which is that he hates people. Yeah. Yeah. He, he truly hates people. And if you watch this movie and you take it at face value, I don't see how you can argue that that ending was sad. The ending was happy. Right. The world, right. Adam McKay's world should end. That's a shitty world. And every single person in it is irredeemable. And I'm sorry, you can't fix that with a little cute 10-minute scene of everybody holding hands around the dinner table at the end of the, and, and, and show polar bear cubs and smash cuts of like seals crying in the ocean or whatever. Like you, the world that you spent two and a half hours laying out is a world that should be destroyed. I don't care about it. If you really think that that's what the world is, then I don't see why you think that like your portrayal of it is going to make people feel differently. I, at, at most it would make us as cynical as you. Right. If you were creating, um, cinema that was actually um uh uh that, that that was actually capable of swaying people or changing people's minds the most that you'd be doing is changing people's minds to just say fuck it like let's all fucking let's all be the jonah hills of that of that of that world be like let's all fucking die who fucking cares right it's right. a trash world that's irredeemable that, that 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 adam mckay lays out and adam mckay would say like no no i'm just reflecting the way that the world is and it's like eh, i don't know i mean the world is big there's a lot of things that you can choose to focus on if you're doing a, uh, uh, the institutions are dysfunctional and that's what's going to end up killing us um, parable like this right. movie was, was trying to be. There's a lot of things that you can look at. I, I walked away from this movie happy that they all died. I, yeah. I f- felt like it was like, good, let them fucking die. Think at the very least, it means there won't be a sequel. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but no, you're, you're absolutely right though. Like this movie, it, it Again, we're we're cynical too, absolutely. But this movie pretends to to be some kind of a, a rallying moment, and I just don't see that it is in any way, shape, or form. Especially with what actually happens on screen, which is a showcase of just the worst of everything. All the little bits of good, like you said, the dinner table scene or the polar bear cubs or whatever. Like it's just not enough. It's not enough good to balance it. out the bad. I didn't buy it at the end. Yeah. This, this like, cause, cause that's what he tried to do. Like show this like last moment of like, of humanity of like, um, of like what, what we're actually going to lose, you know? And I wasn't even moved by it, honestly. Like I felt like, I, I felt like Leonardo DiCaprio's sons deserve to die and they yeah, barely they said anything the in the whole characters. movie. I, I, I like, they had like three lines. Dad's beard looks nice. You know what? Fucking die. They like bad I, lives I ahead of them. So, you know. Yeah, what are you what are what are they going to do? Fucking change the world? Like <laughs> honestly, no, that's the that's the way that I walk away from this movie is is thinking like is thinking like, "Oh great. Like what are the, what like it's like I'm glad they're dead. What were they going to mm. do? Fix everything? 
yeah losers like I mean, that's the oh. way that the movie makes me feel and I, I i i i guess maybe you've picked at it a couple times during this podcast and maybe you're on to something that maybe you and i are just a little bit like jaded when it comes mm. to this kind of stuff maybe that's the case because i have seen people earnestly um ingesting this movie and coming out of it like uh moved or sure uh, you know positively impacted fuck man i shouldn't I shouldn't talk shit because great. If, if a thousand people are motivated to be aware, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's what it is, right? Raising awareness, this amorphous fucking concept of raising awareness, people raising billions of dollars in charitable donations to raise awareness of things like fucking. It's like the Coney... undecided voter. We always make fun of on bird. <laughs> Actually, I would say it's most like fucking Coney 2012. Remember Coney 2012 <laughs> sure. raising awareness. Like, by the way, not sure what ended up happening with Coney, but if I if I if I had to guess, I bet he's still fucking out there doing like genocides or whatever the fuck <laughs> he was doing. Like, are we all aware of Coney now? I guess we're aware. Good thing you. Good thing that somebody made a movie about it. Uh-huh. Good thing somebody you know raised our awareness levels. That was congratulations. Important. Which again goes back to the core thing. This movie becomes the thing that it's criticizing. It's a piece of elite liberal hollywood uh detritus mm-hmm. that 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 just goes into the slurry of like of 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 fucking images and words that get pumped into our fucking brains through a fucking uh through through a a, a, a streaming app yeah. like it's the, it just becomes the thing that it's it becomes the ariana grande concert yeah. that it's that it's that it's lampooning it, okay i don't know again I, i'm i'm up two minds though because if if there's all these people out there that are so like defensive of it and who are coming to its defense and if it's creating discourse on Twitter and making people have these conversations, I don't know, maybe I'm just like a, a crotchety old man or something. I don't know. Yeah, we, we know that we are, but you know, it, if somebody likes it, that's a good thing. But uh, I'll go with one last piece here. Although I will just mention, I have like a few others on my list, but I'm going to skip over them. I mean, obviously Dr. Strangelove, you know, as another political satire, obviously Independence Day is another disaster movie. You haven't done the one that you and I talked about that I really thought you would talk about. Which one? Melancholia. Oh uh, yeah, that's on my list as well. Which, okay, all right. Yeah, I, an, another one that I think could could come to this. But I wanted to bring one up though that uh, deals with something that we haven't really talked about yet, and that is pop star never stop never stopping. Just dealing with the kind of skewering of celebrity culture and the current moment of just how excessive everything in the world of pop music and entertainment is, and. Some of that stuff works here. I, I think it does come off a little more like a Saturday Night Live sketch, which, you know, fits because, you know, that's kind of where Popstar came from with the Andy Samberg and Lonely Island and all that. But um, it's all a little bit one note and all that. But still, that movie, I think, is absolutely hilarious. I know you're not as big of a fan of it as I am, right? I never saw it. You've never seen Popstar? Okay, you need to watch that no. one of these. I want, I want to hear what no, you think. No, I'm really it. turned off by, like, the whole Andy Samberg thing. Yeah. Like, all yeah. of it is, uh, it's yeah. A, it's I guess such I'll, a funny movie. Uh, I guess I can give it a try. I suppose. Yeah, you you got it one of these days. But but yeah, some some of the uh, the pop culture stuff that happens in this movie, I think, is some of the the brightest spots of it. And so I just wanted to kind of like bring that one in as a mention of that that part of the movie. Okay. I mean, I I, I don't know. I always see it pop up on uh on on like Hulu or something like that. I just, yeah. I never I never watch it. I I never. 
the, the, the Andy Samberg thing missed me. And as far as I can tell, it, it came and went. And Well, he's producing absolutely everything that's funny nowadays. <laughs> so if, if nothing else, maybe not on anymore. screen, but behind the screen, behind the scenes, he's, uh, he's doing great. I'm coming so. off as a hater in this episode. You really I'm are. I'm coming off as a but, real uh, hater. I mean, I don't know. 2022, the, the year that Q just goes off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's funny because, and I have something ready because I know you always ask if there's something that people have been watching that they would recommend or oh yeah yeah um and i will say like okay the 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 movie that i just brought up melancholia i find that to be as overwrought as it was a thousand times more affecting sure than than what this movie was and i know it was trying to do two different things but like i think that it's also more instructive and more helpful honestly because the biggest lie that don't look up tells us is that like we fucked it up? We could have saved. We could have saved ourselves, and we didn't. Yeah, there was never any saving ourselves. There wasn't. We were always. This was always going to happen. It, we were always going to die. We were always going to die horribly. We were always going to leave the world worse than we found it. Yeah, and and um, I will say, Melancholia addresses that. And is actually helpful and instructive, and is a and is a a really, I think, um, a really poignant uh, meditation on the depression and the sadness that comes with that. That knowing that and how to overcome that and how to still just be there, and it it does what McKay so ham-fistedly tries to do in that last ten minutes and fails to do. Right. The 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 dinner scene. It's the dinner scene fully realized. It's the dinner scene of like of everybody like realizing what matters right. and yeah. being with each other and living in that moment and um and and putting aside their like uh you know their their ridiculous aspirations of saving the world and um and understanding that they never were going to do that. Right. And that right. was never going to happen. So to that end I've been watching a TV show lately that I I don't know if I don't know if this is really like getting outside of the sort of like nerdy prestige world yet. But on HBO, there's a show called station 11 mm. um, that if you like uh, the biggest, one of the biggest crimes of don't look up is how they criminally underutilized Hamish Patel, uh, incredible actor. Yeah. They gave him like five lines of dialogue and it was like a shitty character, just like all the characters, you know, one dimensional and garbage. Um, Hamish Patel plays Jeevan Chowdhury, who's like one of the main characters of this TV show, um, Station Eleven. And Station Eleven, I don't want to give anything away with it, but I will uh, away about it. But if you're looking for something that does have that has like a more poignant and interesting and humanistic take of like what the end of civilization is going to look like, the mistakes that are going to be made, and I guess how humanity could potentially persist, and what we should value, what should be important to us. What makes us, you know, for years we've had this like sort of overarching um, uh, idea of like walking dead, right? Just foraging for like fighting off zombies and foraging for berries and drinking right, your own yeah. piss, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And what Station Eleven presupposes is like, that's not living. Living is, is, is it's more than just surviving. Yeah. Um, without culture, without art, without feeling and emotion. You're not human. And I've never seen anything explore that as effectively. And actually, again, 
leave me with something of a feeling making me feel like this is worth saving whatever that little thing that there is around me whatever family unit or structure or institution or art or uh or things that we've created that we have as people they are worth saving and preserving even if 99% of us are killed in a fucking pandemic mm-hmm. right like if you walked away from don't look up feeling like a little empty go watch station 11 that's going to scratch that itch and it's 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 far more expertly made it looks incredible it's beautiful prestige hbo fucking big budget bullshit but with a great um a great source text because that book uh, station 11 is great and the tv show i think it ends this week um so like nine of the 10 episodes are up on uh, on hbo and you can go watch them all that don't watch don't look up don't <laughs> fucking don't feed don't feed jonah hill don't feed him he doesn't need anything else go watch and if you if you if you like hamish patel he's great he's going to be like the next big star i think one of the next he's big great. stars yeah he's incredible criminally underutilized and don't look up he gets a starring role in um in in uh in station 11 go watch that that's a much much better show a much better piece of art by the way i've watched the first three episodes of it and uh, oh yeah yeah and it, it's very good i i'm not sure that i want a uh pandemic show at this moment in time but at the, at the, the same time three... it's really well done and and it is an interesting premise though the first three episodes are tough to watch two years into uh COVID 19 but i will tell you and listener out there if you're if you're um you know, if you're going to give it a shot, those first three episodes are pretty heavy on the initial toll of that pandemic. And, and then it, it and then it gets into something a little bit more elevated. Yeah. It, it starts following the, 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 the more future timeline a, a little bit more. And, um, and there's, there's a lot of questions of like uh, permanence of like what you bring with you and what you leave behind, which mm-hmm. I think is going to be, I honestly think that's going to be, uh, as we talk about things that are maybe a little bit more consequential than the 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 black and white of of what don't look up uh presents i think that there's a lot more shades of gray with the way that this is all going to shake out this whole question of climate change and the way that it's going to change um you know how we live after you and i are gone like people who come after us and uh like the stuff that you bring with you and the stuff that you leave behind right the big question of like there was no before Whatever happened at that moment, that's done now. And like, what, what, like, it, it's, it's the, it's the old, um, Anton Chigurh thing, right? It's like, if everything, if, 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 if what you did brought you to this point, what good was it? Right. Like, of what use was, <laughs> sure. if your way is what brought you to here, of what use was that way? Uh-huh. And it, it digs into that philosophy a lot. Um, and again, I don't want to give away too much of it, but it gets, it gets really good. Keep, keep giving it a chance. And, um, it's, it's a, a very beautiful, well-acted show. And, um, that whatever thing you think you're, you're doing by watching, don't look up, just go watch this instead. Go watch so this you, instead, you feel, please. You'll feel way better. <laughs> well, Q, uh, what does our future look like? What, what's going on with Bird Road? When are we going to record? I don't know, man. Well, you want to do an episode? Let's do it. I'm, Ready? I'm, I'm down. And That's go. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh bird road podcast is out there i don't know we'll start doing some episodes here i've been sick yeah. as we mentioned at the top of the show so i haven't been able to plan anything usually i'm the one the that coughs through the episodes we didn't want you to be the one so yeah, yeah. so yeah well uh, check out birdroadpodcast.com and i'm at at david underscore quinones on uh on twitter q thanks for doing the show again buddy you got it baby
Thanks for forcing me to watch this trash. Check out the Sonic Cinema podcast, where film critic Brian Scuttle takes you through the year discussing classic films, reviewing modern hits and misses, covering film festivals, and interviewing filmmakers and film critics. Click subscribe at YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, and other platforms, or follow along at www.sonic-cinema.com. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Don't Look Up. I apologize to Jonah Hill and the entire Hill family. Uh, Q, Q is on one this month, but, uh, you know, he, he has an excuse with COVID and everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed that episode. If you do like what we do here on the show, make sure to rate and review us. We uh, would really appreciate it if you went and dropped those star ratings over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Five star would be preferable, but, you know, whatever you think of the show... Drop those ratings. We, we really do appreciate it when you do that. And while you're at it, make sure you're subscribed, of course. You could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And also, while you're at it, subscribe to Bird Road, because uh, by the time this goes up, I think we may have already recorded our next episode of that. So uh, if you want to hear us talk some more about how terrible everything is, that would be the place to do it. So check out Bird Road Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So that does it for this episode. Let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And I am going to go with a track from my album, A Different Kind of Dream, which was my fourth album. And I'm going to actually go with the song, A Different Kind of Dream. I don't really have any particular reason. Uh, I just thought this would be a good one to play today. So let's do it. Let's go with A Different Kind of Dream from my fourth album. It is the titular track of the album, A Different Kind of Dream. Hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.